Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 135, and we're looking at John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. Let's read the passage. Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you, and you don't believe. Jesus answered them, The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. We've got a break in time from the previous scenario where Jesus was talking about the uh, being the shepherd, the good shepherd. That seemed to be closely following the healing of the blind man. That occurred during the Festival of Tabernacles. So we had the the healing of the the blind man during the Festival of Tabernacles, and that occurs about October. And then you had the the discourse about the Good Shepherd, and that seemed to be fairly close there. Now we've shifted, and verse 22 tells us it's the Festival of Dedication. So John says in 22, Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. So the festival of dedication, we call it Hanukkah today, and it commemorated the rededication of the temple. Judea had been conquered by the uh, Seleucid Empire. The emperor of the empire was uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, there was a rumor that he had died, but he really hadn't. And, and so there was a revolt that took place that called the Maccabean Revolt in 167 BC. And they actually managed to push the Seleucid army out of Jerusalem and reclaimed Jerusalem for themselves. But the emperor was not really dead. He came back and was very upset with this, so he brought the whole army and pretty much destroyed Jerusalem, killed uh, 40,000 people, and 40,000 were sent off into slavery. And he also outlawed the practice of Judaism. And just to make the point, he set up an altar to Zeus in the temple and sacrificed pigs on the altar. Well, there was more skirmishes, and finally the uh, the Maccabean led the, the Jewish people in pushing the Seleucid army out of Jerusalem again, and, and again liberated Jerusalem in 165 B.C. Then, because the temple had been desecrated, they had to clean it, uh, actually build a lot of new parts for it, uh, for the purpose of worship, and then dedicated the temple. That took place in 165. And there was an eight-day celebration, another festival of lights. This is what we now call Hanukkah. So this was what they were celebrating. It generally takes place late November, December time frame. It's when we normally see Hanukkah. So 
John says the festival dedication took place in Jerusalem and it was winter. So he, he might be just pointing this out for those that don't know the Jewish customs that it was winter time. Or he might be using one of his little plays of words. Often when he talks about things being dark, he's referring to the darkness of what's going on. Now, is this winter referring to the, the closing stage of Jesus's ministry? I don't go there. I just say he's just explaining the seasons to non-Jewish readers. Well, Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade. Now, remember, he's not in the temple building. Nobody goes in the temple building except the, the priests are on duty to specifically go in and burn incense and clean up the incense altar and that sort of thing. This is the area around the temple. Solomon's colonnade is a, a covered walkway, essentially. And it was uh, rep reputed to have uh, been there from the temple originally built under Solomon. It really wasn't. It had been rebuilt, a rebuilding of the temple. But it was still called Solomon's colonnade. So it doesn't say Jesus was teaching there. A lot of teaching took place there. It's where a lot of the scribes and rabbis would set up their little schools to uh, teach their students. So it just says Jesus was walking. And then verse 24 says, The Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. So surrounded him. Uh, sounds like something happens in a back alley someplace. But basically pressed upon him. They gathered around him, pushed upon him. And this isn't a friendly gathering. They're challenging him. And in fact, they, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? Uh, this is another one of these Greek phrases. It's hard to translate. Some say it's more of a how, how long are you going to keep vexing us? Or how long are you going to keep oppressing us? But the, the point is they want a plain answer. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Question is, why didn't he tell them plainly? Or did he? Because in verse 25, I did tell you, and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. Well, if we go back and read the gospel again to this point, where did he actually tell them? Where did he say, I am the Messiah? One-on-one -on -one with the woman at the well, he essentially said that. One-on-one -on -one with the man given the sight, the man who had been born blind, he told him, but we don't see anywhere where Jesus plainly stands up and says, I am the Messiah. So, a couple of questions there. If, if he didn't, why not? And then why in verse 25 is he saying, well, I did tell you, but you don't believe. Well, the issue of who he is, it's, it's more than just a, a label. It's more than just a statement of fact. It's the sort of thing that requires faith. And the people who believe it are those who've come to faith. And so if Jesus says, I am the Messiah, well, you still, if he says it, you're either going to believe it or you're not. And you're not going to believe it just because he says it. You're going to believe it because of, of God's working in your life. And, and that's what he goes on to say here. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. So if you were really honest about everything and just stood back and watched and evaluated what I've said, what I've taught, what I've done, how I've done it, 
you would come to the conclusion that I am the Messiah, regardless of whether I say I am the Messiah. And that's the point he's making here. It's, it's, it's not a label that I carry. It is, it is a position that he occupies. It is a title. It is who he is and what he's about. It is his mission. And, and so if, if they were truly honest, they would get it. But they're not willing to be open to it. And he explains that in verse 26. But you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Which comes first here? They don't believe because they're not his sheep, or are they not his sheep because they don't believe? Well, the answer is yes. And and that's a point that has been made, is that we must be empowered by God in order to believe. And that's, we understand it now, the working of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit touches our hearts, and we will either respond to the Holy Spirit or we will push back against the Holy Spirit. So, do we believe because God has moved in our life, or does God move in our life because we believe? Well, the answer is yes uh, to both of those. And his point being that you guys, this is a spiritual issue, and you don't believe because you're not my followers. You're not my sheep. So you can't believe it. You're incapable of believing. Now, before he's talked about the sheep following because they know his voice. Here he says, the sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so it's both of these. He is explaining earlier, the, the shepherd calls, the sheep follow because they know his voice. Well, here he's saying, the sheep follow me and and I know them. And and the point he's making here in this particular passage is about his protection of them, his oversight of them. Because verse 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Here he's talking about security. When we come to Christ, we are secure. We cannot fall out of his hand. It's not up to us to maintain our salvation. It's not up to us to maintain a relationship with God. God does that. And God is able to keep us secure. So our security doesn't depend on us. And our security is not threatened by anything external because God is all-powerful. And that's where verse 29 says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So he's repeating this, that no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. Verse 28, he said, no one can snatch out of my hand. And verse 29, no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. Well, which is it? Well, he answers that in 30. I and the Father are one. So we are in Jesus' hand. We are in the Father's hand. Yes, we are. And no one can snatch us out of their hands. Now, verse 29 There's uh, been some debate over how to translate that. The standard traditional translation is, just like we read, my father who's given them to me is greater than all. An alternative uh, translation on this comes across basically, that which my father has given to me is greater than all. So there, it's not saying that the father is greater, but that which the father has given And the point being there that the the flock, the sheep, are greater than all. 
He's not saying more powerful than all, but a greater in value. That's why he keeps such a tight hold on them, because they are so valuable to him. E either way, he doesn't change the meaning, the point being that we're secure in our relationship with God. No one can take it away from us. And so when we come to Christ, when we enter into this relationship with God, when God adopts us as his children, it's a secure relationship, and it's a one-way relationship. I know some religious denominations have a, a doctrine that you can fall away from faith, but I think that's contrary to the, the clear teaching in the Scripture that we, we cannot fall away. If we are in a relationship with Christ, we're in a relationship. If we've been adopted by God, then we cannot be unadopted. And those who fall away, as you would have it, were, never were, never were one of the sheep, never were in a relationship with God. I and the Father are one. We'll pick it up next time as uh, the Jews respond to this statement because they don't, they don't like this one bit, his statement, I and the Father are one. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.